Hi, this is Amy Beheimer, and you are listening to the Habit Hub for Autoimmune Health, where my guest, Meg Gluckman, is joining me to bring you Habit 18, Explore Thought Work. Before we dive in, I just want to point out that if you enjoy today's episode as much as I think you will, you may want to head back to Habit 2, Question If Your Thoughts Are True, Habit 7, Question If Your Thoughts Are Helpful, and stay tuned for next week's habit, Habit 19, Question If Your Thoughts Are Kind. All three of those episodes will complement Meg's habit that she shares today super well. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Habit Hub for Autoimmune Health, a podcast to help you shift from managing autoimmune disease to creating autoimmune health using the power of everyday habits. I'm your host, Amy Beheimer, a coach and doctor of pharmacy on a mission to create health and happiness with multiple sclerosis. Here we focus on everyday lifestyle habits proven to help the mind and body heal from the cell up without sacrificing the true joys of life along the way. To create autoimmune health in the mind and body, you have to be great at one thing, the skill of mastering habits. That's why each episode includes everything you need to do just that, evidence-based information and real-life inspiration from the experience of my guests, my clients, and yours truly. All habit heroes brave enough to turn a desire for health into daily decisions to create it. Let's have some fun. Hi, everybody. I am here with Meg Gluckman. She's a single mom of two kiddos living on an island north of Seattle, Washington. She was diagnosed with Hashimoto's hypothyroidism 12 years ago after her first miscarriage. Today, she has a thriving coaching practice, helping moms navigate divorce and co-parenting. She loves hikes in the Pacific Northwest woods, dips in the Puget Sound, no matter what the season, and enthusiastically loves her life. Welcome, Meg. Thank you, Amy. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited that you're here as well. I think that everybody's going to really enjoy hearing your story and definitely have a couple different spins and twists that we haven't talked about here on the podcast. So really looking forward to it. And with that, why don't you tell us a bit about your autoimmune story? Sure. So I like to tell folks that I found out about my thyroid and Hashimoto's as a result of trying to understand my first miscarriage. And I think that's one thing that we just don't talk very much about is how many women have miscarriages. So I like to just like acknowledge, yeah, I've had a couple of them. So the first miscarriage I had was an ectopic pregnancy. And I just got curious about maybe why you know, why, why I had the miscarriage and did some blood work and figured out that my thyroid was really out of whack and that Hashimoto's was part of it. And so that really started my journey, right? I wanted to have kids. And so I was like, I have to figure out how to fix this, right? I pretty quickly got, you know, put on to Synthroid to help regulate my thyroid like I've heard from many women that have Hashimoto's, it wasn't a perfect fix. It wasn't, it wasn't the silver bullet that we all like hope and dream. Oh, dream good. that it will be. Yes. Yeah. I just have to take one pill and then I'm like all set. I feel like I was chasing after kind of normal thyroid function for 
probably the last eight years. I'm sorry, the first eight years. So it's been 12 years, 12, 13 years. The first eight years, I felt like I was just like trying everything. I tried a lot of different diets, right? I did the autoimmune protocol, you know, did elimination diets, did paleo, did keto, tried all these different things. I'm sure a lot of them helped in different ways, but mm-hmm. they're again, no silver bullet. Yeah. Medicine or, or diet, right? Or diet, right? Yeah. I went gluten-free, still gluten-free today. And I, I kind of blamed my thyroid for a lot of problems in my life. So the way that it showed up for me, in addition to the fertility issues, was kind of low energy, a lot of lethargy, and then just kind of this leaning towards a depressive state, I would say. Mm-hmm. Not to mention hair loss, which I did, you know, everybody, yeah. it's funny, they talk about hair loss, right? But like, I just thought it was normal. Like I yeah. thought that how much I brushed my hair and how much came out was normal. And yeah. it hasn't been until I, everything improved so much that I was like, oh, that isn't normal. Well, um, and I don't, I don't know if you're like me, but I had a period where I was losing my hair. In my reaction, I felt, I don't know if it's, I think that men and women go through it, but women especially, I was taking it harder in some ways than my diagnosis with MS. I mean, it was, it was devastating. Did did you, did you have some of those same emotions with what does this mean? If I just pictured it all coming out. Yeah. It, it never got to that place for me. Okay. It was just that I just assumed everybody had to like clean out their shower drain in the same way that I had to clean out my shower drain. Right. And it's like, oh, that wasn't the reality. But probably the number one thing that I blamed my thyroid problems for was low libido. Okay. Yeah. And essentially causing problems and ruining my marriage. I kept really thinking that if only I could figure out my thyroid, that would fix me. Mm-hmm. And then that would fix my marriage. Mm-hmm. Turns out that just like wasn't going to happen. It yeah. wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So I kept searching. I kept trying everything. I kept trying everything. My marriage did end. I moved through a divorce. And about probably about six months after separating, I was back in my doctor doing like my routine Like, let's test the blood again. Let's see what we can tweak. You know, I had tried. Now, at this point, I had tried all the supplements. I had tried, you know, doing the natural, like, armor thyroid supplements and and all of this. Tweaking, tweaking, tweaking. And I go in, as I said, like, six months after the separation. And she shows me my blood work. And... I don't know if I'm supposed to curse on here. So you're, you're welcome to curse. I'm looking at this and I go, oh, fuck. Because suddenly all my antibody numbers are like, have plummeted. Right? In a good way. In a good way. Yeah. Yeah. My those TSH, antibodies, those yeah. antibodies measure that there's autoimmune Thank activity you. happening. Yeah. 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 Like my TSH is in the normal range. The highest my TSH, and I know not everybody listening is dealing with thyroid, so you might not be looking at your TSH, but you know, a normal good functioning TSH number is gonna be somewhere in the one to three or you know, just units wise, right? The highest I ever saw mine was at a 14. 
right? And my antibody numbers were just like off the charts. Right? The room. So, She's throwing her hands up, guys. I'm throwing my hands up. There's a lot of movement going on. And so coming back to like being in that office six months after I separated, and it's like my body was like, we're we're fine now. Yeah. Wow. Right. And the difference was the stress level. Yeah. That is what had changed. I was no longer in this extremely stressful home environment. You know, and and it's not to say that going, you know, because at that point I'm still going through the divorce process, Mm -hmm. right? I'm still dealing with adapting to a parenting plan because at that point we had two kids who were two and six when we separated. You know, at this point, it's not like there's no stress in my life, but the stress had decreased so much that my body was able to just recover. And like you mentioned, I think stress, stress management, some of these things are now talked about so often, which is good, but we almost become numb to them. And we think stress management is deep breathing and these things that keep coming up. But when you really got granular and looked at specifically what type of stress, you know, was unique to you, because all of us listening, we may have thyroid disease, we may not, we may have different stressors and things like that. So finding that is, is huge and powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And so since then, you know, there's, there's little periods where I'll notice I'm actually in one of those right now where, oh, it's off. I can tell it's off. You know, I have, you know, my symptoms are, again, it comes back to kind of a lethargic feeling that creeps up on me. I've noticed some of the hair loss start again. And I'm like, okay, like, yep, we got to get back in and tweak things right now. I, my life is not stressful. Like there is very low stress. So I do think I am entering into that perimenopause period though. Right. So like everything is getting jiggled up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm just loving on myself and like, all right, we're just, we got some adapting to do. It's all good. Just when you get comfortable. Um, just when body, you get comfortable. These yeah. bodies like to throw up some, some flags and say, well, yeah. maybe check over here. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say that up to, you know, until just very recently for probably the last three to five years, it's non-existent for me. Wow. That's, that's huge. Yeah. We're going to end today, you know, when we get to it with the habit rapid fire, where we can see what some of these things are for ideas, but, but that's huge. And you mentioned that, you know, not everyone may have thyroid, but statistically it is one of the highest autoimmune diseases out there. And sadly, I call it one of my gateway autoimmune diseases, Uh meaning first I got diagnosed with vitiligo and that is you know, pretty harmless. Obviously it has some visual repercussions then was graves. So thyroid, but I didn't make any changes. It wasn't, it wasn't enough for me. I kept living the life I was living and you got this first one. And it sounds like you, you listened, which is wise. And I wish that we all had a little bit of Meg in us with that. <laughs> well, who, who knows, who knows, who knows yeah. you know, yeah. we're all on our own path. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, going back to, you know, thank you for sharing about your miscarriage. And like you mentioned, it's not talked about often. 
I have to admit, I don't know a lot about the linkage between autoimmune disease and miscarriages. Did you feel you got the answers that you were looking for at that time? It's not sticking with me too much, but I felt like my providers were telling me that thyroid, like healthy thyroid function is important to maintaining a pregnancy. Makes sense. So there's, right, there's some stuff about just the fertility piece and being able to conceive, but also being able to maintain it. So I, I mean, I was able to get it into a space good enough, at least to have two kiddos, one more miscarriage and two kiddos, but yeah. Thanks for sharing. And, you know, with a lot of the lifestyle medicine things that they're studying in fertility quite a bit and seeing, seeing really good results. So back to that, these things are good for every single body, you know, whatever is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to jump into a little habit rapid fire? Yeah, sure. I'm excited. All right. All right. Uh, what do you think or believe is your, you know, your main belief about habits? Well, I guess right now I feel pretty confident that if I want to create a new habit, I have the ability to do that. Oh, I love um, that. It's interesting though when I reflect back on like earlier, and maybe this is just wisdom. I mean, you know, age, age and wisdom. I'm almost 43. I would say in the past, I really put my ability to have good habits and to not like to get rid of bad habits on this scale where I was measuring my worth, my like goodness, right? Like, do I, am I, am I good enough because I do the good habits or am I bad because I do the bad habits, right? And now I feel like I'm in this place of like, what's going to feel good to me? What nourishes me? What has me feeling like my most energetic full self? And that's the kind of stuff I want to be doing. And if it's not adding that to my life, then I don't want it. Right. So it's really interesting just to feel like now I'm just, it's all about just taking care of myself and loving myself. Whereas in my younger years, especially like my twenties and my thirties, like it was about, am I good or bad? Yeah. And that's why you are here to show that we can shift those beliefs and, you know, it didn't happen overnight, but the ability to sit and now say, I believe I have what it takes to make or break a habit when I want to do it um, is really amazing. And, And we can all get there. That's, that's inspiring. Thanks. What's a habit that you love? Some of the ones that you, you just kind of mentioned and were glowing but it came really natural to you. You don't feel like you had to work too hard for it. Yeah. One one of my favorite things to do is walk. Like, mm-hmm. And we have a lot of places, gorgeous places around me to walk outside. So I'm usually walking for at least an hour a day, sometimes twice a day. Nice. Um, and I feel like it's really easy for me to make that social time too and meet up with friends and walk like that too. So I'm really happy that that's a habit that I have, yeah. you know, if mom's listening, I'll, I'll credit my mom, you yeah. know, who was also like a big walker. She is a big walker. And so I think that's something that she just kind of instilled in me as a habit. I think you're on to something. If I grew up in Michigan and I think that, so it was cold, but my mom would go out and walk with her friend. It was a small town and they would walk and she would say, come on, you're coming. So we would be 
running up and down around, but at same way, we took walks for no reason other than to take walks. And now I still love a walk. So you have kids out there, just, just start yeah. walking. I'll say that's a, that's so good because I do make my kids do it as oh, well. Nice. In the past year, it's worked out really well for me to do a one-on-one hike with my, my little guy who's eight years old and he'll fight me. He fights me every single time that yeah. we go for a walk. And what I say to him is like, come on, buddy, like you got to take mom for a walk. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and we will, we will talk about Minecraft the entire time. Oh my God. I love that. Right. And yeah. he's like, okay. And then we start walking. And his first question to me is, what do you want to know about Minecraft? Oh, <laughs> and I always crack up because I'm like, I don't know anything about Minecraft. I don't actually want to know anything about Minecraft, but I usually turn it back on him and be like, well, what do you think I should know today? Yeah. Like, what, yeah. what do you think? What can you teach me? And then literally he will start and not stop talking for like 45 minutes of walking. It's amazing. That is a super ninja trick. I love that. So, so let your kids talk about anything they want. What an awesome thing. And he's going to associate that now. That's that's amazing. Yeah. I love that. All right. What about a habit that you worked really hard to break? Mm. Well, the two that come to mind are my relationship with sugar and my relationship with coffee. Okay. I guess sugar is still an ongoing habit that is a little bit challenging for me. And the only reason, but it's so beautiful right now, right? Like I was saying before, I used to think I was bad. You know, if I ate the sugar, I was bad and I shouldn't do that. Or I, you know, I connected it to my weight. And if my weight wasn't what quote unquote should be, then I was bad. Now, I actually think more about like how I feel Mm. after I've had the sugar and I don't feel great. And so that's what I'm focused on. Yeah. You know, it's just like so interesting. So the reason that I want to like change my relationship with it is so that I feel better. Yeah. I mean, our bodies are talking to us. It's are are we listening? Sounds like you're listening. Yeah. And then coffee, I actually... It has been hard over the years. I coffee and I have a very addictive relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've also found like again, I don't feel great when I'm drinking a lot of coffee on a daily basis. I'm dehydrated, yeah. I'm buzzy, I'm all of these things. I quickly get eye twitches, which are not fun. Yeah. Especially if you have a job like I do where I'm on Zoom a lot during the day and I'm just like watching my eye <laughs> twitch on Zoom. Not fun. People are um, saying, I think Meg skipped her coffee or had yeah, too much coffee. Yes. Or too much. Yeah. yeah. So I feel really good about where I am with it now, which is I do still have it a few times a week, but I don't have it two days in a row because that doesn't feel good to me. And I start, I, I just quickly become very addicted. I will say I kind of like, I use it a little bit as a drug. It's my... It's my upper, you know? So if I am having a really kind of sluggish day, I might give myself a cup of coffee and just like get me a little perked up. And, you know, I live up in the Pacific Northwest where from October till June, it's rainy season and we have a lot of gray days here. Yeah, And I'm like, 
that's that's my upper. Like sometimes yes. I just allow myself that and I feel like I'm taking care of myself both in not drinking it all the time, but then allowing myself to have it every once in a while. I call that from my habit playbook, kind of writing your personal policy about something. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly what, you know, it doesn't have to be a never thing, but you, yeah. you from a place of love, it sounds, mm-hmm. have written this policy that, mm-hmm. that you know, when you follow it, mm-hmm. everyone's, everyone's in a better mood. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Yeah. What what about one that you worked really hard to make, but now for the most part is on autopilot? Yeah. Okay. This this is my favorite thing. And this is what my whole life is actually centered around now because I like you mentioned at the top, like I'm a coach for divorced moms. The habit is what I call thought work, right? Which is really questioning my thoughts and deciding if they're serving me in this moment. And so it was really learning how to be aware of what I'm feeling in my body, right? So being being more conscious of when I'm feeling stressed or when I'm feeling anxious or angry or resentful or frustrated, whatever the big feeling is. And then asking myself, okay, what am I thinking right now about what's happening in my life? that has me feeling that way. So the difference, like shifting my perception from this thing outside of me is happening, you know, and it's making me feel this way to this thing outside of me is happening. I am having a thought about that thing. And my thought is having me feel this way. Right. The way you describe that. My favorite example to give, this comes back to my son. We're highlighting him today. Is I will ask him one night, like it is his chore and he knows it's his chore to empty the dishwasher. Okay. So I will say to him, Hey buddy, like I need the dishwasher empty so I can put the dirty dishes in. And he will say like, ugh, I don't want to do it. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So imagine that he says that to me like five times a week. He's like, let's go on a walk instead. (laughs) (laughs) so when he says I don't want to do it one night I'm gonna think he's eight years old of course he doesn't want to do it it doesn't matter it's fine for him to say it I'm teaching him how to do this this is his chore it's totally fine right and I will feel maybe entertained by what he said or I will feel calm and neutral about what he said And then on another night, he will say the same exact thing. And I will have a thought, doesn't he see how much I do? Doesn't he see how much is on my plate? He takes me for granted. Why does he always complain, right? Like I'll have those kind of thoughts. Mm -hmm. And then I'll feel angry and I'll feel resentful and I'll feel just some, some form of upset, right? And so the difference is not what's happening outside of me. It's not what he is saying. It's not his behavior. Because that is pretty much exactly the same every single night. Difference is what I am thinking about it. And what's beautiful, like the habit, right, that I've created is I notice that feeling in my body and then I question my thought. Okay, that is the, when I'm thinking, he doesn't, 
appreciate all that I have to do. I feel resentful. And you use the feeling as the trigger. The feeling is the trigger. And because the feeling really like sticks in our body more. It's yeah. like, right. Yeah. A thought, a thought can fly across our mind in a millisecond. Right. Yeah. But yeah. the feeling like, because it triggers sensations in our body, like we'll actually feel like our stomach clench or our heart pounding or our throat clench or, you know, something like that. That's the flag for us. So once I question that thought then, right. Mm-hmm. I say, well, okay, so this thought is causing me to feel resentful. Do I want to keep thinking this, right? Is is it creating what I want, right? Yeah. And then if it's not, if I don't want to keep feeling resentful, then I choose another thought, right? And I, I shift things. And the impact of doing this over and over and over again, like 10 times a day, is that I spend so much less time in a triggered state. Like I spend so much less time feeling anger, feeling resentment, feeling any of this kind of stuff because I quickly bring myself back to something that is calmer, right? So like when we talk about the two primary states of our nervous system, right, that we've got the sympathetic state, which is the stress response state, right? That has all those stress hormones flowing through our body, the cortisol and the adrenaline and all of that goodness, right? And then we have the parasympathetic state, which often is described as like the rest and digest state, Mm -hmm. right? So what I'm doing by questioning my thoughts is I'm spending a whole lot more time in the parasympathetic state. And I mean, I, I don't know the science. I don't know all the science, right? But I have to imagine that that is a less inflamed state. And you're, you're dead on. Yeah, biologically, we are in a different state. We're secreting different hormones when that's mm-hmm. happening. And I love the part you mentioned about pausing and questioning because the, the thing that comes up for me, and I think it's a good example given you know who you work with and your expertise in helping people through the emotions of divorce mm-hmm. is, you know, when I was feeling very sad, you know, I had a divorce almost a decade ago, but when I was feeling very sad and I asked myself, do I want to keep feeling that? The answer was yes for a yeah. while, you know, right. so that right. choice was, I was, I was not ready not to feel sad. And of course, you know, the time when, when we are ready to start practicing those new thoughts and and things is for everybody. But just remember, sometimes the answer is, heck yes, I want to be feeling that. So I love that. Yes. I thank you for pointing that out because I think that's really important. That whole section of emotions, right? Like I talk to my clients about life being 50-50, that we have half of it being positive emotions and half of it being negative emotions. Like it's just par for the course of being a human, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want to get rid of all of those negative emotions. They They are important because they're telling us something, right? They're, they're giving us some information. If something happens to my child, you know, my little guy falls off his bike, right? And I am worried and I am scared that he's really hurt. I want that feeling so that I motivate and I get over there and I help him, right? So not trying to eliminate 
all the negative emotions. We're just trying, like you're saying, to be more intentional about choosing them versus feeling like they just happen to us. Yeah. So it sounds like that was one of the most impactful for you was that habit of the thought work. And and I, I love that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. And for our last habit, rapid fire question, just to go on record, is there a habit you currently are working on or that you want to put in the world that you want to put some intention behind? Yeah, I think um, exercise has always been a challenging habit. Mm-hmm. My dad was an Olympic rower. Oh, he wow. Was, he was quite the athlete. And so I've been surrounded by this idea of doing exercise my entire life. Yeah. And it still is something that I'm, it takes a lot of energy right now. It doesn't feel automatic. Sometimes I've gone through seasons where it feels more easy and automatic and then life, you know, shifts in some way and it, it falls out. So that's one that I just like always have to put intention behind. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Maybe someone needs to ask you about your favorite topic while you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> what would it be? You can you can use what you learned. Use what you learned for, for your son. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Oh if I, gosh, yes. If anybody wants to ask me about thought work while we're uh exercising. Well, I think I think the reality is though, like I shared, you know, I'm happy to walk. Walking is very easy for me, right? So when I'm talking about exercise right now, I'm actually talking about like intense cardio or some like serious weightlifting that gets my heart rate up high enough where I wouldn't be able to actually have the conversation. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Got it. Just you could ask me afterwards. Yeah. After after you're after you're done, maybe a glass (laughs) of wine and thought work, pairing those together. I like that. There you go. Yes. Well, I'm happy to be on the receiving end uh, to have okay. that that virtual. We're we're across the country, but we can definitely okay. do it virtually. So that would be like awesome. That. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. I would love to wrap up just with you sharing uh, where people can find you or listen to more about you know all the wonderful things that you're sharing. Yeah. Thank you. You can find me. My website is just my name, MegGluckman.com. I hang out on Instagram a lot. So please come say hi to me there. And I also have my own podcast, which is called Welcome to the Other Side, which is really about helping moms after divorce figure out what comes next. If you like the sound of my voice, come over there. I do. I like it. I love (laughs) it. I'm not a mom, but absolutely amazing. And just like the things here are good for everybody. There is stuff that we can take and apply. Um, with everything. So I love it. And I just can't thank you enough for being here. And uh, we will talk soon. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Meg. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Habit Hub. I am forever grateful for the time, energy, and attention you share with me. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode, where I might just cover the habit your body has been waiting for. Check out www.amybeheimercoaching.com for more free resources, as well as details on how to take the information, inspiration, and insight you learned today and apply it to create autoimmune health and happiness in your life. Get in touch at amy at amybeheimercoaching.com. 
Special thanks to my editor, Sarah. The Habit Hub is a production of Amy Beheimer Coaching, LLC. Talk soon.